Yo, it's DDP, and you're listening to Mark It Out. And that's not a bad thing, monkey. That's a good thing. Bang! This is Marking Out. Pro wrestling talk for pro wrestling fans. We marking out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro wrestling talk for pro wrestling fans. We marking out, y'all. Marking out. Pro wrestling talk for pro wrestling fans. We marking out, y'all. Running like fist. Pro wrestling talk for pro wrestling fans. We marking out, y'all. Marking out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome to Markin' Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. I am one of your hosts, Dave, the Rave. And let me tell you something very, very important. This is episode 567. Gotta get that in there. Make sure you check out all of our past episodes, MarkinOut.com. Check us out on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else that you may listen to, especially our friends over at Spotify. Buy a uh, t-shirt over at Pro Wrestling Tees. Give us a like on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Check us out on Instagram, on on Twitch, all over the place you can find us. And also make sure you use the discount code REGARDLESS at Manscaped.com. But... Enough about all of that. Make sure you check out at Mark and out all over the place on Twitter. And then on Instagram, you got Mar- at Mark and out 11. But you also got myself, me, and I at David PTDPD. And also you got Brandon at BTTG161. And also Chris at Chris Swindog. But... As you may have already guessed it, I am alongside, not really alongside, but I am here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm doing awesome as always. How about yourself? Doing good. Thanks for asking. How was your asking? How how was your week? Yeah. My week was fantastic. Thanks for asking. How about yourself? You're not going to say anything from it? No, it came and it went. How about you? It really did. It's funny because, like, last week it literally seemed like two weeks since we had recorded. Now it was just, like, yesterday. Yeah, yeah. So what did you do? Not much. Made some uh, made some more Israeli salad. And I was going to make macaroni salad. And at the last second I pulled an audible. I'm like, let me make some potato salad. And I did that. It was delicious. Did some autumn grilling. Grilled up some burgers outside. It was, like, extremely nice this week. Yeah, so much for global warming. Like, that doesn't exist. Bizarrely in the 60s and the 50s. Yeah, very wild. Um, Outside of that, I watched Ring of Honor Final Battle. And it's not like I watch... End of an era. Yeah, it's not like I watch Ring of Honor ever. But I keep up with the buzz. And I truly do hope that this isn't the end for them. They did tease April 2022. But hopefully it's not. I'm happy that Jonathan Gresham won the championship because I think he truly deserves all the praise that he should get. He is fantastic. Um, Yeah, I totally agree with you. He's very talented. Uh, I know Chris is a big fan of his as well. And I think that it, it's a great way to, um, I guess, put a, I want to say put a bookmark in Ring of Honor. Yeah, and on the topic of Ring of Honor, Jimmy Rave unfortunately passed away this past week at the age of 39, which just a very unfortunate situation. I know he recently had his arm and his legs amputated due to infections. Uh, Definitely most known for his time in TNA as a member of the Rock and Rave Infection. And then Ring of Honor, part of the embassy. And he seemed to inspire and help a lot of wrestlers that are out there today. So our condolences go out to him, uh, go out to his family, go out to his friends and his fans. Yeah, very unfortunate. Uh, moving over to WWE, Monday Night Raw. Yeah, let's talk about some of that Monday Night Nitro. Bobby Lashley and MVP opened the show, and MVP basically said that people don't respect Bobby Lashley. 
And so many people complain their way into a WWE Championship match. And Lashley just doesn't do that. He makes statements. Kevin Owens came out and said that he and Seth Rollins both earned their way into the WWE title match at day one. And then Rollins came out and said that neither of them should be in the match. And then they were working out, going in and attacking Lashley together. Big E came out and he ran down his victories over Bobby Lashley. Leading to Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville to come out and say that nobody better lay a hand on anyone. His Butterfinger. Yeah. When I heard her say that, I was like, oh, that's funny. But uh, yeah, then then they announced the Fatal 4-Way match at day one. If Bobby Lashley can beat Big E, Kevin Owens, and Seth Rollins. So you you clearly knew throughout the night that was definitely going to be a thing that would happen just build up over and over and over yeah but the first match of the evening saw otis pick pick up the victory over matt riddle i went into this match expecting otis to lose i don't know about yourself yeah no i was expecting otis to to lose in this which sucks that like automatically you're expecting guys like uh gable and and otis to lose but surprisingly to our pleasure uh otis Got the victory. Yeah, win was nice. And then after the match, Randy Orton went to attack Otis. But he pushed him into Chad Gable, who ate an RKO. And then Otis took Orton down. Yeah, Otis. I mean, Otis is a total beast. I love how Randy Orton went for that RKO on Otis. And Otis wasn't having anything of it. Right. You know, th- this is the Otis that I think that we should... I mean, that we have been seeing, but this is the Otis that I really am happy that we are seeing. Um, and I, I'm excited to see what's going to happen with this character that he's portraying right now. Yeah. After that, Bianca Belair picked up the victory of her Dewdrop, which just didn't work for me. A lot yeah. of people were like, oh, this match was fantastic. And I'm like, I don't, what are they watching versus what am I watching? I don't get it. I don't know. I did like that move that Dewdrop did perform to get into the ring. Well, she, I guess from the apron, she did that move to get into the ring, into the, like, the elbow drop. Yeah. Well, like, I thought that was a pretty cool, I don't know, a slingshot? Slingshot elbow drop? I guess. I think that's what it's like. But she whenever hit, they do it, it's a slingshot DDT. Bianca Belair hit that powerbomb and then a 450 splash to pick up the victory. Boggled my mind. Because Bianca Belair, after the match, was up on the ramp celebrating. And Dewdrop attacked her from behind. Yo, Dewdrop got powers. That was like, literally, we haven't seen that since, <laughs> like, Alexa Bliss. It made no sense. Yeah. Obviously, she, I mean, like, somehow during the, the playback of the match, they she went behind her. But that, I, I had, mean, like, how did she remember get behind Lily, her? Lily was a fan of Dewdrop, you know? Yeah. But, but yeah, it's unfortunate. There's, there's nobody else on the roster to even feud with. No, it's I don't know what they're gonna do, but it's gonna be a messy one. But next up, you had Bobby Lashley pick up. I don't know why I did that. I shouldn't have done that. You keep on telling me don't do accents or well. any impressions. I shouldn't have. But Lashley picked up the victory over Kevin Owens. Gable Stevenson was ringside for this. Yes, yes, Gable Stevenson was ringside. Um, very cool. Gold medal in hand. The, uh, uh, the start of this match I thought was dumb. Lashley was facing away from Kevin Owens. How do you start a match when the opponent's not even facing towards the other opponent? I don't know. I thought that was dumb, but I loved the ending. Yeah, I I like that. I mean, Kevin Owens was about to, well, he did get put in. It was like uh, a half Nelson. There was an arm Yeah, the. Like, uh, Bobby Lashley was going for the full Nelson. The hurt and, lock. Yeah, and right away, before he could even lock it in there, Kevin Owens just started tapping. Yeah, saving himself. Very smart. Yeah, smart. Very, very smart tactic. But After that, next- Becky Lynch came out and spoke about Liv Morgan losing last week. Uh, by the way, her outfit, did she kind of remind you of Christopher Daniels? Because I ah. seem to be like the only person that said that. I don't know I, if anyone else said that. I saw it, and I'm like, I was just like, this looks familiar. Like, I feel like I've seen something like this before, but I couldn't, 
I couldn't think why. I'm like, was it something I, I don't, I couldn't get it. But yeah, Christopher Daniels. Like not completely Christopher no, Daniels. No, no, but, but I see. Yeah, I totally see what you're saying. I agree. Certainly reminded me of the other fallen angel. Yes, yes. Not to be confused with uh, <laughs> our fallen angel, uh, My Chris. fallen angel. Which you should check out, Chris Dog. We but appreciate him. Liv Morgan came out and showed off a picture of Becky Lynch cheating in their match. And basically said that she's not giving up until she gets the title. Then she challenged Becky Lynch to a match at day one. Liv attacked Becky Lynch. But Becky Lynch came out on top, smashing her hand in the uh, and her arm, basically, also in the steps. In the steps, yeah. And then I, Becky accepted I the love match, this. But... Yeah, I love this side of Becky, you know? And I love how they played up that, the kid, the... Yeah. Angry uh, Becky fan. Angry Liv. I thought that that was uh, huh? Oh no, what? you're talking about the Liv Morgan fan. Yeah, 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 the Liv Morgan fan. I was a big fan of that. There was an angry aspect. Becky fan also there that night. Yeah, you know they keep on sprouting. But but uh, do you, do you think this match is actually going to be taking place? Yes, I do think that this match is actually going to take place. Because they said. I forget what she said. Didn't they say Liv Morgan's out with an injury now because of that? I don't know. Well, after that, backstage, AJ Styles was there, basically saying that he's not ready to give up the team of him and Omos yet, and that it was rude for Omos to leave him, but he's not giving up. And then Omos <laughs> said he's not giving up either, so they're and still doing And all then of, all of pro wrestling rejoice. Very, very, uh, you know... It's the holiday season. You don't want to see breakups like this taking place during the holiday season. I feel like Especially... at WrestleMania 32, we could see them of 32. <laughs> That's literally the last time they were in Texas. The WrestleMania 38, Hollywood. Is it Hollywood next year? Uh, I no, think it's so. Texas. I think it's Texas. Texas. Yeah, Texas, Texas. Yeah, so WrestleMania yeah, 38, I think we could see AJ versus Omos. Start at the rumble. Why is it? I one could, of them eliminates one of them, and I could still see that being an amazing match. Like I could see AJ really bringing out an incredible match from almost. Well, AJ Styles killed it every WrestleMania he's been at. So, yeah, even even the one of my favorite matches. Don't say even and, as if like. No, no, no. But the, there's many people out there that were dispute this mis, uh, dismissive of it. Him versus. Shane McMahon. Shane is truly the best in the world. He has a trophy to prove it. Look at his WrestleMania record of matches. Yeah. All of his WrestleMania matches have been incredible. But next up, you had Reggie and Dana Brooke outside on a little stroll. Um, But it wasn't really uh, too uh It seemed like good. Reggie's willing to mentor her on being 24-7 champion. Yeah. It also seemed like a Hallmark movie. <laughs> It did. It really did. <laughs> but you know? Akira Tozawa and R-Truth popped up in costumes, and then they argued with Reggie, and Tamina showed up, but she didn't She didn't get the title. They, like, it snowed wherever they were. So, yeah. like, Dana Brooke jumped into a snowbank or something, and then Reggie <laughs> followed. <laughs> yeah, so I, I love this. I love this championship. But next up, you had the Dirty Dogs. Pick up a victory. That's right. They picked up a victory. On Monday Night Raw versus Finn Balor and Damian Priest. I'm still very confused with Damian Priest. Like, I was convinced that he was turning full-fledged hardcore heel after the last pay-per-view. I think it was people were just tweeting us saying he was showing off his attitude. No way. Mm. That was in the match versus Nakamura. That was pure. Yeah, that was pure... Like, huge heel turn, and now it's just like, nah, don't, just ignore whatever happened at the biggest uh, event in, you know, Survivor Series. Nothing took place. I'm not a fan of that. Oh, the match on Raw I thought was a decent match, but Austin Theory came out and took a selfie on the apron, which distracted Finn Balor enough for Dolph Ziggler to take advantage of that to pick up the victory. And then later on, Austin Theory barged into Vince McMahon's office while he was talking to Apollo Crews. 
and he wanted to show off what he did for basically to impress Vince and Vince told him it wasn't really impressive and he pulled out that pencil and then flipped it over and showed him the eraser which I guess is a reference a behind the scenes reference to uh, you could either have the point or you could have the eraser and that means I guess you're either <laughs> you're either being written about or you're being forgotten about. Oh, something like that. Nice. I don't know. I'm not a writer. Nice, 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 nice. Ah, you are a poet. Ah, that's very true. Unfortunately. <laughs> well, next up, you had Queen Zelina pick up the victory over Rhea Ripley. Uh, before the match, very, very before the match, yeah. though. Rhea yes. Ripley tried to lift Nikki A.S.H.'s spirits backstage. And I don't think that was working. But this match, Carmella gets into the ring. Nikki gets into the ring to chase her out of the ring. Which distracts Rhea Ripley. And then Zelina Vega picks up the victory in like 40 seconds. Yeah, I mean, I understand it because obviously this is ending with Nikki A.S.H. and Rhea Ripley in a match, in a feud. Right. It has to. But as far as what we get on an NXT show with women versus WWE's like Raw and SmackDown, the the feuds, the quality of the matches, it's just like completely different. I agree. Occasionally. Like I said, occasionally we'll get that, but overall... A 40-second match. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I've hated this feud so far. I agree with you. I'm... I know. Next up, you had Seth Rollins pick up a victory over Bobby Lashley. But it was by DQ. With the help, kind of, of Kevin Owens attacking Seth Rollins. Yeah. Attacking Seth Rollins on the ramp. Uh, for Bobby Lashley pick up, I'm sorry, Seth Rollins to pick up the victory, but that only had Adam Pierce and uh, Sonya Deville come onto the ramp and be like, no, 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 and that is not what's going to take place over here. Very smart, but not going to happen because at the that match point, is now, at that point, uh-huh. it would have gotten Bobby Lashley out of the fatal four way at day one. Yeah. So they set up that no DQ match and Lashley picked up the victory over Seth Rollins, which was literally a spear as soon as the bell rang. Yep, quick spear. But I really liked what Kevin Owens did with Seth Rollins to try to get one on get one over on them. Yeah, I thought it was awesome. After that we saw Miz TV where Maurice hosted, and then she brought out Miz, and Miz believed that he should be the headline for the WWE class of 2002 2002 wow i think (laughs) michael cole said that on raw as well the hall of fame class of 2022 (laughs) there you go they had a, a, a hall of fame video for him which i thought was a nice touch that segment basically got us to be the are you serious bro tweet of the week on mc true long on story this week too that's what i'm talking about right there (laughs) there we go making our Returned. Yeah, but Edge came out, gave Miz's props, but they went back and forth, and Edge basically was saying, what's wrong with Miz? And then they brawled. Miz came out on top after using Maurice as a, as a shield from a spear. Yeah, she did not appreciate that at all. Yeah, she got pissed off and slapped him. Yeah, and she storms out with the Miz chasing her down. Um, but in the main event of the evening, you had Bobby Lashley pick up the victory over B- Big E in a no DQ match. Once again, Seth Rollins and and uh, Kevin Owens tried to play factor in this match. It was a decent match too. Uh, not the best no DQ match, but Rollins and Kev- Kevin Owens did make their way out. And Big E started to attack them because he didn't want their help. Big E yeah. put Kevin Owens through a table. Lashley put Seth Rollins through a table. 
And then MVP took out Biggie's leg or his knee, and then yeah, hit him Bobby with that Lashley, cane. Yeah, Lashley speared him, took advantage of that, pick up that victory. Yeah, good way to uh, go about it. I feel. But I, I think, let's move. Yeah, and it should be an interesting match at day one. I think uh, it's something to look forward to. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But let's move on to some NXT talk. NXT kicking off with Grayson Waller. Yeah, showing up to the performance center to a bunch of booze and you suck champs. I thought that was funny. Yeah, I think that he's going to be coming out. I think he's going to be someone to watch in 2022. Yeah, first match though. Saw Cameron Grimes pick up the victory over Duke Hudson in a no-holds-barred match. I really like that German suplex that Duke Hudson did after hopping over the top rope and getting yeah, into that the was ring. Qu- yeah, That's I like, like that the I uh, poker that table. Two K twenty two for sure. <laughs> I like that the poker table was involved. Yeah, I thought that was cool. Yeah, Cameron Grimes went for a cave in, and Duke Hudson caught him and power bombed him through it. Yeah, which he eventually well, did hit the cave in, where I thought that was a cool setup too, because Hudson was sat on the a chair in the ring. Yeah, and then Cameron Grimes de-wigged him. To reveal ball, Duke Hudson. D-Wigged. Which it's like, is that even... Maybe it's embarrassing for Duke Hudson, I don't know. Dude, it's, it's of course. He didn't look like he was, it's not like a freak head or something like that. Yeah. Next up you had Briggs and Jensen hanging out with Caden Carter and Casey Catanzaro. Uh, this was weird. Yeah, because, like a country bash. Yeah, I was expecting them to like go to that EDM garbage because that's what they've been selling us for the past few weeks. Yeah. So but thank Briggs God it was a country concert. <laughs> yeah, Briggs and Jensen, not about that that EDM lifestyle. But even still, like they, they didn't buy the tickets. It was Carter and Catanzaro that had the tickets. So I thought for sure it was going to be some EDM gimmick. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So when they were like, we went to a country concert, they started line dancing. I was like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I don't know where they were, but should be interesting to see what, uh, what, what happens with that later on. Oh, yeah. We saw Grayson Waller uh, address what happened last week with Johnny Gargano and basically said that the only thing he needs to get to the top of is himself. He doesn't need Johnny Gargano. He doesn't need anybody else. He can do it himself. Throughout the night, we saw him. uh, We saw walking backstage, Tiffany Stratton said something about how her father thinks he's a bad guy or something like that. Io Shirai showed up, yelled, tore Grayson Waller a new one. He walked into the men's locker room and even Braun Breaker kicked him out. And... The last we see of him later in the night, he took out L.A. Knight, stole L.A. Knight's car, and I'm almost certain he left with Tiffany Stratton. <laughs> yeah, heel of 2022. Get ready. Yeah, after that. Next up, first... you had Ivy Nile. Huh? Keep going. Might as well. Ivy Nile picked up the victory over Amari Miller. Uh, impressive showing by both wrestlers, I thought. I thought it was weird that Miller got a, an entrance and Ivy Nile didn't. Like, Miller's not the established person here. She's on 205 Live, but... Yeah, Nile is. And I also, I thought this was going to be a uh, a quick match. But Amari yeah, especially Miller with held her own. So... Yeah. Until, obviously, no, no. Nile hit that, that dragon sleeper. Yeah. But... Zion Quinn was interviewed... And he was asked about the brass knucks from last week. And he said that now he's aware of the game that Electra Lopez is playing. So do we see Zion Quinn eventually just join with Electra Lopez? Like, is this just them lying to Legato? I don't know. I think they're going to align with each other at some point. I think so, too. But Robert Stone showed up yelling. And Von Wagner cut him off to say Kyle O'Reilly was just the first body to break. So we'll see who he breaks next. I don't know what happens with Robert Stone. I don't know if he's going to align himself with Von Wagner or somebody else or what. 
But after that, we saw MSK and Riddle was going through their bag. And he was able to pull a bunch of stuff, like a, a lot of big things out of the bag. It was like way too small of a bag to pull out a baseball bat, a traffic cone, John Cena's U.S. Championship, which I popped for. And they had the, the basic thugonomics start playing. But Riddle said that all the stuff in the bag is weighing them down and pulled out a scooter. Then they all pulled out scooters. They rode scooters. And this will help them become champions again. I don't get it at all. <laughs> I don't know if we have to partake or what. I don't know either. I really, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. Next up, you had Harlan make his debut, picking up a victory over Guru Raj. Um, I, what's your take on Harland in this match? Well, do you I think mean, that not much do you think he was like in this, but yeah, I would say I, it was impressive. Yeah, I was impressed. I, I was I was thinking that it was going to be a little bit more rough, though, but in like stiff looking. I think the that part came after the fact. That's true. That's true. After the match, he attacked him yeah. after the match, and then backstage he was being uh, held back, and he threw Brian Kendrick down the steps. Oh, that was Kendrick. Yeah, I didn't even reckon. I didn't even notice it was Kendrick. Yeah, we got a lot of uh, trainers. I think Ace Steel showed up there, too. That's cool. That's cool. Earlier in the night, we saw Cora Jade being interviewed, and Dakota Kai cut her off to warn her about Raquel Gonzalez. And then Cora Jade uh, stabbing Dakota Kai in the heart, perhaps, calling her mom, showing her age there. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Because Cora Jade is so young, and Dakota Kai, I believe, is like around my age. But, yeah, and you're like, what, 52? Yeah, big 52. <laughs> but uh, nah, Cora nah, Jade nah. went on to defeat Dakota Kai. Manny Rose was on commentary. Uh, and I liked that Cora Jade was selling her shoulder for this whole match. Yeah, and overall this match was, I thought, a really good match. Yeah, Dakota Kai brought out a shovel, though. And when the referee took it away from her, Cora Jade rolled her up to pick up the victory. So maybe she gets another fluke victory there? Yeah. But Dakota Kai attacked her after the match, and she picked up the shovel, and Raquel Gonzalez ran down to make the save. Led to a parking lot brawl between the two of them. And then Raquel Gonzalez challenged her to a street fight, and I believe that's taking place next week. Yeah, but then uh, Cora Jade left on her own. Yeah, and Toxic Attraction came out. Mandy Rose attacked her from behind. Gigi Dolan paying tribute to Jimmy Rave, wearing a Jimmy Rave approved shirt. She was, uh, she was, she she did a bunch of stuff with him on the Independent. She named him as one of the most influential people in her career. Wow. Yeah. So, Cora Jade got got in that situation. That's for sure. After that, Tony D'Angelo defeated Andre Chase. I think the outcome was obvious. Yeah, not really much else to say about this. Honestly, the main highlight of this match for me was the hockey fight. Yeah, that was really it. But he cut a promo afterwards, and Pete Dunne came out. Tony D'Angelo tried to get one over on Pete Dunne and sneak attack him, but Pete Dunne grabs him by the hand, snaps his finger, and it sets up a match between the two of them next week. Yeah, that move is getting old for me. Well... I don't know. It's, I don't know. Getting old. Getting old. But, yeah. Next up, you had Boa pick up. Yeah. It's just every every time you see it, it's like, oh, quiet, quiet. And then snap. And it's like, okay, we get it. You're you're snapping his fingers. We get it. It's really broken. I, well, yeah, I don't think whatever. it's necessarily meant to be broken. but uh, it's, If it's, you put your two index, your index finger and your middle finger between your other index finger and your middle finger and stretch it out, it hurts. Yeah, yeah. Or your, yeah. even your thumb uh, and your index finger, whatever. It hurts. Like, you're not going to, like, not be hurt by that. Kayfabe-wise. Yeah, yeah. Well, talking about being hurt, Boa showing no mercy as he picks up the victory over Edris Onafi. Um, Wasn't a one-sided match like I was expecting it to be. 
Yeah, not one-sided. Uh, Boa's face paint, I'm a big fan of still. I think it's cool. We haven't seen a wrestler with full face paint in a long time, I feel. <laughs> or am I mistaken? Uh, I mean, Jeff Hardy? Well, besides Jeff Hardy. I mean, Mei Ying. Like, nobody knew, really. <laughs> Mei Ying had her face painted, I believe. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he won with that spinning back kick that I thought looked really nice. Um, yeah. Earlier in the night, we saw Lashing Out with Lash Legend, where Jack at Time was on. And she asked what's going on between them and the Grizzled Young Veterans. And then they yelled and threatened to win against them. And then they went ahead and picked up the victory over the Grizzled Young Veterans. And I like this match. I, yeah, and I was surprised that Jack at Time picked up the victory. I mean... Uh, Jack of Time, to me, seems like a very scrub tag team, even though both of them are very, very talented. But from what they're showing right now, it just seems, I don't know, it seemed like a joke tag team to me. Yeah. And that's why it seemed like a scrub tag <laughs> I mean, team. given what they did on uh, whatever it was with, what was it, TakeOver? Yeah. <laughs> with yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ikum and Jiro? Yeah, I don't know. But and Grizzled Young Veterans, oh, I don't know what's going to happen with them. Well, the Creed Brothers came out during this and ended up squaring up against Grizzled Young Veterans, which distracted them. Jack of Time took advantage of that, which I think, I don't know when, obviously there's not going to be an, another takeover anytime soon right now, but we have Evil coming up in January. And I think that could be a very fun triple threat tag team match between these three teams. I think so too. I don't know I if think that's, that's going to happen, be a fun... but it could. I could definitely see. I think it the could. Creed brothers might be facing Grizzled Young Veterans next week. I'm not positive, but it's a possibility. But after that, we saw Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams wish Roderick Strong luck before his match. And then Malcolm Bivens said that it seems like it's Trick Williams who needs it more than Roddy does. And he had a drawing of him and Loomis setting up a match for next week. And then we saw the main event. Braun Breaker picked up the victory over Roderick Strong, which I thought was another good match. Yeah, big victory for Braun Breaker, but you know... I mean, they're also putting Braun Breaker in against all the a lot of these veterans. Yeah, it's, you know, it's so he's I, gonna. It helps him build up the the character that he needs. I think he needed this victory. I agree with you. You know, I still, I still personally believe that he is very green. Um, I still think that he's very green with a lot to learn, and I think that they are rushing him. I think he's going to be rushed, especially right now. So I think that putting him against these veterans. It's very important, like you said, to his character. You said and development. you said the same thing with Dominic, though. But I don't see anything like there's bits and pieces of wrestlers that you could be like, oh yes, they are a hundred percent green. But there's not much that you could pick from them, in my opinion, to say they're green. I don't know. I think they're being rushed. I mean, Dominic. But, I still maintain that back then he was definitely back rushed. then. It was a year ago. When you exactly. improve a thousand percent from a year, that doesn't make sense. That's not a thing. Nobody said a thousand percent. But it, it's mean, not like he's off there showing greenness. I think when he first started, he was very green. I disagree. And I don't see that yeah. as much with Braun Breaker either. Yeah, but after well, the match, Tommaso Ciampa showed up and planted Breaker with the Willow's Bell onto the championship. Solid way to end NXT. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, 2022 is going to be a cool year with NXT. Yeah. After that, uh, well, that was the end of NXT. NXT UK saw Charlie Dempsey pick up the victory over Joe Coffey, which I thought was a really good match as well. At one point, Dempsey and Coffey were like going back and forth trying to lock a submission on. And Dempsey hip tosses Coffey only for Coffey to roll through and hold on to the hold. So I thought that was really cool. But Joe Coffey hits his finisher. Tio Man and Rohan Raja run down. They, I believe they were banned from ringside, but they pulled Dempsey out of the ring. Gallus runs down to back them up, and then they brawled. Charlie Dempsey took advantage of it. 
And I really wish people were watching NXT UK because they're not getting any clips of William Regal's son, who I think is fantastic. But Rohan and T.O. Man will be facing off against Dave Mastiff and Jack Stars. And then Symbiosis will be facing uh, Oliver Carter and Ashton Smith in a few weeks to see who's going to be the number one contender to face Mustache Mountain, who came out and they put over Tyler Bate being the Triple Crown NXT UK guy. And then Trent Seven questioned who he is or where he'd even be without the, the championships, like who Trent Seven would be. And it sounded like he was very unsure about himself, but then he gets fired up and said he's going to do whatever it takes to keep the titles. And then Tyler Bate brought up how they're the first team to hold the NXT and NXT UK tag team titles, which I guess in turn makes Tyler Bate a Grand Slam champion. Nobody thought about that last week. But we saw Kenny Williams pick up the victory over Danny Jones and... Kenny basically tried to make Danny Jones leave because he wants Mark Andrews in a match. Then he went on and Williams eventually hit his finisher twice, picked up that victory. And then backstage off camera, Kenny Williams attacked Mark Andrews. Main event saw a kid pick up the victory over Nathan Fraser to become the number one contender to the NXT UK heritage cup. And for me, this was the best match in wrestling this week. They had a really nice uh, set of pin reversals in the second round. Frazier came out on top of the first fall. A-Kid hit a uh, a Northern Light suplex into an armbar, which I thought was nice. And then A-Kid was able to tie it up in the fourth round after a sliding German suplex and a flying super kick. Leading to the last round, A-Kid picks up the victory. Locking Fraser in an armbar at first, which then gets transitioned into a unique Rings of Saturn. This was a very well done match. And I'm a big fan of those Heritage Cup rules. So I'm a big fan of any time anybody uses the Rings of Saturn. But it, I don't even know if I could necessarily call it that because it was like he used his leg. So it's kind of like a modification of it like an octopus stretch rings of saturn almost yeah but definitely i i'd say check out nxt uk but moving over to smackdown sasha banks and tony storm picked up the victory over shotzi blackheart and charlotte flair i liked sasha banks wearing spider-man themed gear because hello it's out now in theaters it was nice to see shotzi blackheart again But as far as the match goes, I don't think there was anything too exciting. It wasn't a bad match. Tony Storm got her knees up when Charlotte went for her double moonsault gimmick and rolled her up to win. I think she's surely going to be in line to be the next women's champion, perhaps. Natalia was interviewed after that and asked about Zia Lee, which she called Zia Lee a nobody on SmackDown. And warned her that if she steps up to her again, she'll be needing a protector for herself. Next match saw the Viking Raiders pick up the victory over Jinder Mahal and Shanky. Just like the last match, not much stood out. It wasn't a bad match, but nothing really stands out. Hopefully the Viking Raiders get built back up after this. Or or because of this win, they continue to grow. We had a happy talk take place where they had Angela in Adam Pierce's desk, which was stolen from them last or stolen by them last week. And they made fun of Drew McIntyre and the sword and they tried to get it out of the desk, but they couldn't do that. And Drew McIntyre came out, ends up taking both of them out and was able to pull the sword out of the desk, of course. And then later on, McIntyre was looking for them backstage and Happy Corbin and Madcap Moss were hiding from him. Corbin announced that Drew McIntyre will be facing Madcap Moss at day one. Backstage as well, Sami Zayn wished Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville a happy holiday. And they were like, so what do you actually want? Do you want us to give you something? And he spoke about how he earned the title shot, but he got it taken away from him because of Brock Lesnar. And then Adam Pearce said next week, Sammy will be in a 12 Days of Christmas 12-man gauntlet 
And the winner gets a shot at the Intercontinental Championship. Next match saw Ridge Holland pick up the victory over Cesaro. Sheamus distracted Cesaro before the match and Ridge Holland nailed Cesaro in the ribs with his club. And then during the break, they taped up his ribs and Sheamus in the match served as a distraction. Ridge was able to knee Cesaro in the ribs before winning and won with the snowplow. Nice to see that move back. After that, Naomi came out and called out Sonya Deville because she wants a one-on-one match still. And Sonya came out and said that when she has a suit on, nobody can touch her. But she has an opponent for Naomi and the opponent's been begging to face Naomi for weeks now. And then Naomi's like, just take your suit off. And Sonya gets in the ring, goes to take off her suit. And Shayna Baszler attacks Naomi from behind. It sets up a match between Shayna Baszler and Naomi where Naomi picks up the victory over Shayna Baszler. Sonya Deville had the referee ring for the bell to start the match when Naomi was down, which makes no sense to me. Just like Monday Night Raw, it makes no sense to me. But Naomi was able to get a quick pin on Shayna Baszler here, leading to the end of that match. After that, the New Day picked up the victory over the Usos. Not sure why this match happened. If they're facing each other at day one and they wrestled last week with the random addition of RK-Bro. I feel like this could have been a singles match. But in the match, there was a miscommunication where the referee didn't see the Usos tag in. And that happened to New Day earlier in the night as well. Or early, earlier in the match. And Kofi Kingston was able to take advantage of that. Hit the trouble in paradise. Pick up the victory. Again, I just, I don't know why this took place. I could have done with a singles match. Throughout the night, Paul Heyman was waiting for Roman Reigns. At one point, Brock Lesnar showed up and Paul thought it was going to be Roman Reigns, but Brock wished Paul Heyman luck. And then Roman Reigns at the end of the night finally shows up and tells Paul Heyman to come to the ring with him. They both head out. And Roman speaks about how he doesn't like how his cousins lose he doesn't like it when they lose but they can get through it because they're blood Paul Heyman on the other hand is not blood and he asked Paul Heyman again if he can be trusted a bunch of other questions that he's been asking as of late and asked him if he's special counsel or an advocate and Paul Heyman said that he's not protecting Brock Lesnar from Roman Reigns He's protecting Roman Reigns from Brock Lesnar. Roman Reigns hugged him, thanked him for his honesty and his 40 years of service to the family, and then fired him and hit him with the Superman punch. He got out of a chair, went to go for a concerto, but Brock Lesnar came out, walked super slow down towards the ring. Finally, the Usos go try to take Brock Lesnar out. They get hit with F5s. And then when he gets into the ring, Roman Reigns attacks him with a steel chair. But Roman Reigns was still able to scoop, uh, Brock Lesnar was able to scoop him up, hit two F5s, and that ends SmackDown. Now I don't think Brock Lesnar's going to dethrone Roman Reigns at day one. I don't know who should be the person to finally dethrone Roman Reigns but I imagine it'll take place at WrestleMania 38. That's SmackDown. Going to take a quick little break right now and hear a word from our sponsors over at Manscaped. And I'll be right back here on Marking Out. Support for Marking Out is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Look, I mean, I've done it. Dave's done it. Brandon's never done it. You're down there. You, sh- you know, shave it up, making sure everything looks clean and fresh, and you get a nick. Get a little cutsky there, and it stinks. It's no, it, it's no fun whatsoever. So that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. It's the ball hair trimmer equivalent of Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania 25. When I tell you this is premium. I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. 
because we all know that Brandon's gonna need it. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower, so that way you don't make a mess all over your bathroom. The one coolest feature is the LED light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer, more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet shrug technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. So that way I can charge my lawnmower 3.0, my camera batteries, and my phone all on the same shelf. Huzzah! If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours and get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS, that's one for this uh, read, at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS, that's two for this read, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code REGARDLESS. That's three for this read. And folks, if you want your boomer sooner to be fruity, delicious, fruity, fruity, delicious, fruity, delicious, well, then use the code REGARDLESS to get 20% off and free shipping. That's now four for this read. Don't forget to sauce it. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Marking Out episode 567. Head over to manscaped.com, use the code REGARDLESS, get yourself 20% off and free shipping. Going to move over to AEW, winter is coming. I feel like I said winter weird, I definitely said winter weird. It sounded like I said winter. But winter is coming. It's literally taking place next week, but the event is warning us that winter is coming. And it took place this week, AEW Dynamite kicked off with Adam Page versus Brian Danielson. Ending in a time limit draw for the AEW Championship. So Adam Page retains that title. I was surprised that this opened the show. I thought there were way too many commercial breaks in this. It, it seemed like there was at least 10 commercial breaks. But they announced during this match that Tony Khan had a huge match announcement later on for next week. Which to me, says that this match means nothing. I don't understand why you would push that if you're like, it's like the most important match in your company on that night. And you're like, eh, I got a much bigger match announcement for next week coming up later on. As far as the match goes, I thought it was pretty good. This heel run of Brian Danielson, I think has been pretty fun to watch. I liked when Brian Danielson had Adam Page on the mat in like the leg lock scenario and just started like wailing on his stomach with those punches, kind of like an MMA esque sort of feel to it for an outsider who barely watches MMA. But I thought that was a fun spot. Brian Danielson controlled most of this match. Hangman, I think during a commercial break got busted open. We saw a spot where he hit the dead eye on the apron. I thought that was a nice spot. Later on, he tried it again uh, inside the ring. Didn't quite connect for me. But Hangman hits that spinning lariat out of nowhere. And it led to both of them being down for a, um, almost a 10 count, which I thought was a, a nice spot. And I really liked when Adam Page went for, I think it was a, a spinning, a rolling elbow or something. And he turns around into a, a kick from Brian Danielson. I thought that was a really nice kick. But... It ends before Adam Page can win. It ends before Brian Danielson can win. And for me to do this less than three months after Brian Danielson's debut match in AEW, where it was the same scenario, I don't know why I keep thinking that the title was on the line between him and Kenny Omega, but it was the same scenario where it opens the show. It's a huge, big fight feel. The fans are going nuts. Twitter's blowing up. And then it ends in the same exact way where right before you get a finish, boom, time runs out. Did I think this match was going to be going an hour? No, I did not think that. Do I think it's a five-star match? No. Everyone's saying match of the year. It was a good match. But just because it went an hour, I don't think necessarily makes it a match of the year. There's little bits and pieces inside of that that are like, eh, 
And I certainly did enjoy this more than I enjoyed Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson. So it was a very hot open to Winter is Coming. Next up, you saw Wardlow pick up the victory over Matt Seidel. Got a couple of power bombs in there. And Sean Spears was yelling at Wardlow to just pin him. And he didn't listen. He picked him up, hit another power bomb. And then he ends the match. Sean Spears hits Matt Seidel repeatedly with the chair afterwards. So that dynamic is still continuing to be weird. After that, we got a Malachi Black vignette. We spoke about how the house always wins. So this is definitely seeming to set up a House of Black stable. I don't know if that's been like an official name yet, but it seems like all of Twitter knows of this. And in this vignette, he ends up spitting mist in a person's face and says, now you're so much more than just a king. Which, if you're familiar with wrestling right now and Malachi Black uh Brody King is probably who he's alluding to I'm pretty sure it was confirmed via the news sites that Brody King was in fact signed by AEW and I think that's awesome Brody King's a phenomenal talent to have there so I'm looking forward to seeing more of that group I thought we were going to see Murphy there and I was going to mark out but uh, still awesome to see Brody King, or not see him, but have the idea of Brody King via that sentence and the news, of course. After that, we saw Hikaru Shida pick up the victory over Serena Deeb. This was their rubber match. They had two matches back in October, so why why not have it two months later? Uh, as far as the match goes, I enjoyed it. I liked the submissions that Serena Deeb kept doing. She... Ripped the turnbuckle pad off, though, to reveal a smaller pad. And then got pushed into it, which led to the end of the match, where Hikaru Shida was able to hit a jackknife pin to pick up that victory. I think I liked their other two matches more than I liked this match. I don't think this was necessarily the greatest finish to a quote-unquote rubber match to end, like, the two-on-one, two-versus-one wins or whatever. But uh, then now Hikaru Shida's, she could move back to Britt Baker and uh, focus her attention on the AEW Women's Championship. After that, the Varsity Blonde spoke about what Malachi Black did last week to Julie Hart. And Griff Garrison threatened to come after Malachi Black. Pillman Jr. told him to calm down and Griff then pushes him and basically says that he's going to break Malachi's job next week. So it kind of showed maybe some tension between the varsity blondes over this, this setup, or it just shows that Griff Garrison doesn't care what Brian Pillman thinks he's going to knock out Malachi black, but clearly he's like, it'll be a one, two black mass done. There's no way that match goes over a minute. I would be shocked. After that, the main event, we saw MJF pick up the victory over Dante Martin to win the Dynamite Diamond Ring for his third time. The only person to win it three times. The only person to have the ring. (laughs) I thought it was a decent match. I was expecting the match to be a lot better. But I liked certain aspects of it. I liked that rolling 450 splash that Dante Martin did. Although it looked like he almost crushed MJF's throat there. So luckily everything I assume is fine with that. But Ricky Starks ends up coming out. Puts MJF's foot on the rope. Causing Dante Martin to have to get a rope break. And then MJF off of that was able to lock in the salt of the earth. To pick up that victory. I fully expected it to be Dante Martin winning the ring. But. MJF continues to win this dynamite diamond ring. After the match, FTR came out to celebrate. And I'm like, oh, okay. We got Tony Khan's big match announcement coming up. End of the show. Don't know what it could be other than FTR versus Briscoe Brothers. The lights go out and I'm like, oh, here we go. Here are the Briscoe Brothers based off of Ring of Honor this past weekend. 
The lights come back on. It's Sting and Darby Allen, who brawls with FTR. They brawl with MJF. And CM Punk then runs down to make the save with a baseball bat and clears the house. And that sets up a a six-man tag for next week. I don't understand. Like, they made sure to say that Tony Khan had a huge match announcement for Dynamite, which he'll announce on Dynamite for next week. And then this turns out to be the match? Which means Tony Khan... I This is so stupid to say. Like, obviously, Tony Khan knew what was going to happen. But storyline-wise, this means Tony Khan already knew that FTR was going to run down to the ring to celebrate with MJF, and he already knew that the lights would go out and Sting and Darby Allen would then attack FTR and MJF, and he already knew that FTR and MJF would would get, get the better of Darby Allen and Sting, and then he already knew that CM Punk was going to run down and make the save. That's his big match announcement, which makes no sense whatsoever. To have to interrupt the AEW Championship match to push that match only for it to end up being this match? How is that a big match that's more than the match that the the championship match? Also, if you're drinking right now, take a shot every time I say match. That's AEW for this week. Hey, Brandon, got any shout outs? Hey, Kermit the Frog here, and you're listening to Brandon Shoutouts. Yay! The first shoutout goes to Dancing in the Moonlight by King Harvest. I've definitely given this a shoutout before, but I've heard it in so many things recently, so why not give it a shoutout? It's a fantastic song. Next shoutout's going to Taylor Swift, because it was, well, not because, but it was her birthday this week. More importantly, she was part of the last concert that I went to, which was two years ago this past week. Wow. It's insane. Z100 Jingle Balls, Taylor Swift, Jonas Brothers, Camila Cabello, so many other people, but I'm like, it's crazy that it's been two years since I've been to a concert. That's crazy. I'm I'm surprised by that one, Ethan. Yeah. And uh, this week... Disney World announced the return of the uh, Flower and Garden Festival. It's not like it's not been there, but they announced that they will have concerts. They didn't announce any of the lineups, so they could definitely be like Disney bands instead of the actual like famous bands that I've seen there in the past. But if they do have famous bands, I hope to uh, take in a concert or two there. And then, uh, final shout-out, I've been putting off watching Hawkeye. I said that's super New Yorkish. <laughs> <laughs> Hawkeye. Like a Long Island accent, jeez. But uh, I was putting it off until I, I actually saw The Eternals, and I, like I said last week, I saw it. And I wish there were more episodes of Hawkeye. I wish it was all out at once. I'm like... I, I'm enjoying Hawkeye more than I liked Loki and Falcon and Winter Soldier, which a lot of people are like flabbergasted over of, over of. Uh huh. But I, I don't know, man. Like for me, it like in a weird way, it kind of reminds me of Home Alone too. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's because it's like the mix of Christmas and New York, but. Apparently, you have to watch Hawkeye to understand Spider-Man. I don't know. At this rate, I'm going to go see Spider-Man no matter what. But you're going to go in there not knowing some things? Yeah. Would you like to come over and binge Hawkeye with me? I would love to, but I just don't have the time. Oh, I think you could find the time. I don't have the time. Right now, it's two and a half hours, I believe. After we get recorded, I even have to go to work a classroom. I got no time, Brandon. Well, Hawkeye, I think, is a fantastic show. I'm happy that we're getting to see it and see the new characters and the evolution of Hawkeye, even. So those are my shout-outs. Now it's time for... Ow! Ow! 
is right our mark out moment of the week. I know you said you had like about a dozen, correct? Oh, you knew I did. Um, yeah, I totally marked out for something that took place this week, and it it's not coming to me. But what did you mark out for? <laughs> well, I mentioned earlier that I watched Ring of Honor Final Battle. And, oh, yeah, I know what I marked out for now. And I popped at some people coming out. We saw Deanna Perrazzo show up and uh, lay out some challenges, perhaps. We saw FTR show up, and I thought for sure it was going to be the Briscoe Brothers. I said that earlier. I thought for sure it was going to be against the Briscoe Brothers, uh, well, on Dynamite. But that didn't happen. But I popped for that because they faced off each other there. It was cool. Braun Strowman, Adam Schur showed up. Wesley Blake yeah, was there I, with EC3. I, that was unexpected. Yeah, I marked out for that moment. You know, once I saw uh, Braun Strowman appearing on Twitter, I'm like, wait, what? So then when I saw that he appeared at Ring of Honor, I was just like, wow. And um, I don't get it, though. But I'm surprised they didn't have Randy the Ram Robinson at Ring of Honor. <laughs> right? But honestly, like, I do hope that's not the end of Ring of Honor. Yeah, it, I. who knows? I mean, it's tough to say. I mean, unfortunately, Ring of Honor hasn't been uh, at the level that it once was. It's not at the le- same level anymore. There's a lot of people that went on Twitter and blamed AEW for the the demise of Ring of Honor. No, blame Ring of Honor for the demise of Ring of Honor. Uh, I mean... There is a timeline. There's a timeline that lines up, though, for me at least. I'm not about to be out here blaming AEW for the end of Ring of Honor if that was the end of Ring of Honor. If if they were any good, then every wrestler that they've ever had come up through them would stay with them. What do you mean if they were any good? CM Punk didn't stay. Kevin Owens didn't stay. Nakamura. uh, But that's like you have to. In order to grow, you gotta expand. What do you mean? Exactly. But that's exactly. not that's not but saying Ring of, them, of Honor sucks. What are you talking about? It's I'm not saying that they do, but they're not at the same level as back then. And that's there's an argument here where you get that stupid Dave Meltzer tweet, which led to all in a Ring of Honor basically filmed associated event, which leads to Ring of Honor getting to book Madison Square Garden. With New Japan, first companies to be a non-WWE company booking Madison Square Garden in years. Something WCW could not do for the actual arena. And then the main people who helped get that show left Ring of Honor and didn't even appear at that show. And then forms, ring uh, not Ring of Honor, then forms AEW. So, yeah, and I'm sorry. I, I real. I think that Ring of Honor was ready to close a few years ago. I don't I think don't that think they. So. Ha- I don't. They're they're I, run I by a billion dollar corporation, so I don't know what kind of like. Well, I don't. I I cannot see the. I cannot see the income. I cannot see the profit on Ring of Honor I, over the last hello. few years. I mean. A pandemic happened, and they were paying their okay. talent throughout the whole pandemic. And previously, previously the they, pandemic, they got Madison Square Garden. That's the peak. I you can't hey. go like that is the peak. You can't say that's not a peak time in Ring of Honor. I'm sorry, I I don't think that Ring of uh, I think Ring of Honor was on a downslope. You can't say Madison Square Garden is a downslope. I'm not. I'm saying Ring of Honor was on a downslope. That's can't be possible. They booked Madison Square Garden. I don't care. They were on a downslope. Well, but what else was your mark out moment? Because I know you got fifteen. Nope, that was it. Wow! 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 Well, and that said, want to take it home? Yes, ladies and gentlemen, that was episode five hundred sixty-seven of Mark and Out. Check us out on Twitter at Mark and Out BTTG one six one Chris Sweendog, David PTDPT. You can follow Dave and I at those same handles on Instagram. Marking Out Instagram is Marking Out 11, which you could also find us on YouTube. 
Uh, check us out, ProWrestlingTees.com slash out. Use the code REGARDLESS. Get yourself 20% off and free shipping over at Manscaped.com. Check us out, Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and MarkingOut.com. We wish you the, the best. best. Luck in your future endeavors. Have a fantastic week.